Welcome back to Perfect Pitch with Nick Healy Hutchinson and his fresh approach to the world of classical music. Whether you're an expert or a beginner, old or young, Perfect Pitch has something for everyone. Brahms's Variations on a Theme by Joseph Haydn is known better in its orchestrated version by the composer. But it started life as a piece for two pianos, and since it's rarely performed in that format these days, it's a good excuse for me to share it with you now. The name Haydn has survived in the title, also occasionally known as the St. Anthony Variations, but if you're a Haydn devotee, you'll know that there's very little evidence that the theme came from him at all. Research has shown that the divertimento from which the original melody came was more likely to have come from somebody else altogether. Apparently another Austrian composer, Ignaz Playhell, may have a fairly good claim to it. No, I had not heard of him either, and that's the point. Brahms's variations on a theme by Ignaz Playhell was never going to carry the same cachet as a famous composer, and publishers were perfectly happy to exploit the name of another for financial reasons. The pairing of Marta Argerich and Nelson Freire is a really fine one. The piece is made up of a theme and nine variations, with the two of them bringing out touching and sensitive playing in the tender moments, and plenty of vigour in the jubilant ones. The finale build-up is worth the wait as well.
Haydn's name may have been incorrectly adopted for that piece, but there's no doubting its authenticity here, and in some variations of his own. He'd written an anthem, God Save Emperor Francis, who was emperor of the vast Austrian Empire at the time. He then took that theme and used it in the second movement of his 60th string quartet, now known as the Emperor. Fast forward to the collapse of that empire, and the same tune was first adopted by Germany for its own national anthem in 1922. So now it's gone from one national anthem to another, and as an Austrian, I'm not sure Haydn would have been completely delighted with that twist, but I'm certainly not going to sit in judgment of Germany for using such a great melody. So here is the second movement of Haydn's String Quartet No. 60, played by the Veridis Quartet. Try not to listen to it as the same tune repeated a number of times, but with more attention to how Haydn uses different pairings or groupings with the four instruments.
We've talked about the so-called romantic period in classical music before, but a quick reminder for today's grand finale doesn't hurt. It spanned the decades between 1830 and around 1900. The word itself doesn't have today's connotations, but feeling and emotion certainly began to play bigger parts. The period broadly reflected the sort of themes and passions which were trending in literature and art. Although I don't suppose the word trending was really a thing back then. There are many composers who fall into this bracket, but few typify the later part of the period better than Tchaikovsky, who was quite unable to contain his enthusiasm about Haydn's chamber music, urging everyone possible to play the quartets at any opportunity. In acknowledgement of that, let's finish with one of the most familiar pieces ever written. I remember teasing you with the opening bars of Tchaikovsky's first piano concerto in a previous episode, and then going on to play his third. But his first is one of his most popular works, and unquestionably one of the great favourites today. The last movement is something of a roller coaster, but it sets a real challenge for the soloist. Unsurprisingly, for a piece of such popularity, there are over 130 recordings, so there are plenty of candidates. But one of the most thrilling is played by Stephen Huff with a Minnesota orchestra conducted by Osma Vanska. The fact that this is a live performance only adds to the tension and his astonishing technique. Listen out for those rapid octaves towards the end before the majestic theme finishes the piece, and then think of it in the context of knowing that you don't get a second chance in the concert hall like you do in the studio to do that or any other bit again. That's what makes this a remarkable account. Fasten your seatbelts for a white knuckle ride.
That's it for this week. Nick will be back again soon. Please rate and comment on any of the previous episodes, and if you like what you hear, take a moment to press the follow button, as it helps to spread the word.